Hi, friends. I am delighted to have two awesome women I'll introduce in a moment, but one of the stories from seminary is that no matter what church you're in, at some point, those Advent candles just will not light. <laughs> Y'all did awesome, and I appreciate the patience. There's also stories in every seminary class of the person who puts too much hairspray on on Christmas Eve, and when you light the candles, you know, so it's a very exciting service, that Christmas Eve silent you night. Say that. I don't, so I then you, you I'm warning that. our congregation. I'm warning. There are stories of that, though. It's, it's exciting. Men and women. Men and women. I don't so. know if exciting is the right word. <laughs> so I'm going a little off script, but thank you for the Advent lighting, and thank you for coming and worshiping with us. We're doing a panel this morning on joy, and I'm delighted to have Rory Dunbar uh, joining us, and also Pastor Lori here in the center, who has battling a little bit of a, of a little, uh, what do we call it, losing a voice? The Tallahassee crud. The Tallahassee crud. The Tallahassee crud is what we're calling that, uh, diagnosed. But I'm uh, excited and delighted to have both of them joining me, talking about joy. We're doing this thing called Advent, which is week by week getting up to Christmas Eve. And Christmas Eve this year, we will celebrate again in our congregation on 4 o'clock in the afternoon and 6 p.m. 6 p.m. will be live streamed, and I'm looking for volunteers. <clears throat> Letting you just think that sink in. Volunteers for nursery for Christmas Eve because there's nothing like trying to keep a two-year-old happy while you're passing around fire. That's a, you know, to bring that back together. So if you're interested in helping out one service you can attend, one service you can serve, please reach out to me and let me know because we're looking for some extra volunteers for that. With that in mind, I'm going to get off the fire topic, and we're going to talk about joy. Maybe we could continue to talk about fire for a while. Now, in all seriousness, C.S. Lewis describes true joys outside the emotional expression spectrum but many of us use emotions to describe joy. I'm happy, so I feel joy. However, that somewhat in our case this morning waters down the term because joy in the biblical sense is this. It's seeing God's salvation both in the present and in the life to come. Just let that sink in for a moment. You consider the story of both Joseph and Mary. They saw something bigger than a child, which is a choice experience, but the salvation of God embedded in this child who God chose them, kind of nobodies of the day, to, to be expressed in. And so there are times where we see joy very boldly and brashly in front of our eyes, like Mary and Joseph had to. And then there are awesome times of somewhat joyous, joyless, excuse me, joyless living. More on that in a moment. We may attribute joy to seeing the kids just moments ago lead us in worship as a congregation. That is a perfect illustration of joy, even though possibly, and I wrote this days ago, some of them were maybe not quite doing the exact right actions, or they were maybe mining for boogers, which actually played out pretty well. I wrote this days ago. You can come check my notes afterwards. But in all seriousness, there's this aspect of joy that we want to dive into this morning with my two panelists. And so, uh, Lori, I'm going to have you go first on this one. Where have you felt joy at times in your life? So um, there, there could be several examples, but when I read the question, the first thing that came to mind was actually very recently, um, a couple weeks ago, uh, my mother-in-law and sister-in-law were in town visiting us for Thanksgiving, and it, it was it was just wonderful to have them here the whole time. But um, our family, we have a lot of kids and grandkids, and so we annually we do a Christmas movie night, and we usually do that the week like the weekend before Christmas. But we moved it up so that the great grandma and Aunt Karen could uh, be here for that, and so. While we were doing that, that weekend, that Saturday night of Thanksgiving weekend, I, the kids were laying out on the floor on their pallets, and we we're, they're watching, they're just, in, you know, engrossed in Rudolph, 
And I look over, and my mother-in-law is just staring at the kids and them watching the movie. And she, she turned and said to me, and, and my, my father-in-law passed away a few years ago. She said, Mason would just love this. Mm. And it wow. was, it was the, the joy on her face. Not, I mean, there was some sadness to not have her husband there, but the joy of seeing the legacy of the family mm. that they created for this great grandma to watch you know, her kids, her grandkids, and then now her great-grandkids just light up with, with this, you know, the Christmas lights and the movie and the hot chocolate, and it, it was just sheer joy on her face, and it moved me. It, it just moved me. I'll remember that forever. It's awesome. Kind of a legacy-based joy. That's awesome. Awesome. Rory, how about you? Um, so um, something you all might not know about me is that I'm not um, a particularly... Um, joyous person. Um, I tend towards melancholy um, most of the time. Um, but I remember, I don't know what, I caught some type of a, I don't know what, we can call it the Holy Spirit. I don't know what it was. But when I was in college, I just had this idea that I, I needed to really cultivate a spirit of joy. Like, and because it was like the 2000s, I was like super extra and changed my AOL um, AIM screen name to Joyful Roro. And I was like, yes, I am joy. Um, but um, I, I can't remember whether or not it worked, but I, I like to think that it, that, that it did. But um, it was more of this, you know, intentionality, um, just having a posture of joy. And I think sometimes it takes that intention to really change particularly a person like me who's not prone to joy, um, mm. to change my heart. Mm. And, um, you know, I just remember really intentionally looking for moments of joy within my day and within my circumstances and opportunities to rejoice. Um, and it was a really good way to um, reset my mind and reset my heart. And I've done that a few times throughout my life, but I remember... <laughs> I just remember that one very clearly because of the, the AIM screen name. Um, yeah. That's awesome. So in the Bible, changing one's name is a very profound moment, usually done by divine powers. Mm. But I think today we change Rory to Joyful Roro. Ro Ro Ro? Yeah. That is your name from now on. So Joyful Roro, Ro. <laughs> tell me, where have there been moments of, of joyless deserts? Hmm. Yeah, I, I remember... Um, it was a few years ago, um, I say a few years, and really that could mean anywhere from like five to 10 years ago, I don't remember. But I remember just um, just feeling just an absence of, of that joy. Um, and you know, I was a part of this community, and I remember on Sunday just like, there was a, a time when I definitely remember coming and just really being um, inspired and, you know, just feeling that hope when I came in the door and meeting with friends. And then for whatever reason, that just kind of went away. Um, and, you know, reading scripture wasn't helping. Singing worship songs wasn't helping. Um, and um, I love in those times where we feel that despair, how God uses other means to really get through to us and break through that fog um, and, um, yeah, I, I remember like one of the things that did actually give me a spark of joy was, um, there's this podcast on NPR called On Being. Um, the host is Krista Tippett. 
Um, she is a delight. Um, I highly recommend it. Good commercial time, good, yeah. But um, <laughs> she, really, she just interviews um, musicians, politicians, poets, um, and she um, just talks to them about their life. And there is kind of like a spiritual bent to it, but to it, but not necessarily. Um, and, you know, it, that was the thing during that period of joylessness that God used to, you know, just spark. It's like an hour podcast. And just for an hour, I was like, oh, okay, so there is some light. Um, mm-hmm. And I just love that, you know, God can certainly use the community and can use church um, to really infuse us with that joy, but can also use things like an NPR podcast. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I like those sometimes a shock to the system that you mm. need. And then there's times where you just have to stay in that season where it's not always, if you, you think life's always joy constantly, it's not a very mature life, right? Right. Yeah. And I think that's, that's a great story, Rory. Uh, Lori, I haven't even made fun of the fact that it's Rory and Lori. I've been trying to hold the back, but the they're Ories. the Ories. Yes. They're the Ories is what they dub themselves. Uh, Lori, same question. Where have there been joyless deserts in your life? Yeah, um, but so my, I'm more joyful than joyful Roro, generally speaking. But certainly there have been the joyless deserts too. And I actually shared uh, with you all a couple months ago about just even earlier this year, just um, where it was really difficult for me to experience joy. And um, and I say that that way intentionally because I I believe that joy is. Uh, the, the the joy is available to us always. It's mm. that our awareness changes, um, and and I I, re- I read this recently, um, it, and it struck me. That joy is not satisfaction. Satisfaction is usually fleeting, but joy is built on something more permanent. Mm. And so that was really good for me to remember that while circumstances may not be joyous, that the joy that I have through the salvation of Christ is permanent and it doesn't shift. Um, it, it's, it's the same that you talked about this a little bit ago. It's the same yesterday and mm-hmm. today and forever, like it says in uh, Hebrews, I believe. Um, and so those joyless seasons are when I have gotten too much in my own head, mm. taken too much of the reins, too much control and, and focused on the circumstances rather than on the, the, what joy actually means mm. um, and and you know it's trying to separate those things and when those times happen i I have to stop and ask myself, wait, where are you right now what where are you at with your spiritual disciplines? Where are you at with practicing and being intentional mm. like like Rory is talking about um, are you doing those things mm-hmm. because we can't just manufacture it it has to be cultivated mm. and um, yeah, I love that the idea that it is a fruit of the spirit, and that you don't have to know a lot about growing fruit to know that that it it doesn't just magically appear. It right. has to be tended to. Right. It has to be cared for. It has to be watered and nurtured. And so I like to think about joy that way. That it needs my attention. It needs to be intentionally practiced. Um, so yeah, that's when I when I'm in a joyless season, my first instinct is to say. What am I? Where have I gotten off the off track? Yeah. Um, so, 
Yeah, that's one of the things that I do. Well said. I think it's a perfect segue to the next kind of topic we'll go into, which is Advent, that we have to practice, and there's, there's four candles, we have to practice these, these concepts of hope, peace, joy, love, as we enter into Christmas each and every year. And you say, well, why can't we do this once in my life and poof, it's done, uh, like, like a baptism. In fact, it's the muscles you build in preparing yourself in these different aspects of the Christmas story that brings the magic of Christmas. There's this, this idea of that, uh, this pink candle that the grabs perfectly lit. That was, a, that was a well done, because if you would have done the purple, we wouldn't, we'd be out of order and Christmas wouldn't happen this year. This idea of pink is the liturgical color for joy, and, the, and, it, and it profoundly says that this Sunday stands a little bit differently than the other Sundays, mm-hmm. uh, kind of matches with our E3 kids in a panel discussion. But in times of this liturgical yearly observance of the Joy Sunday, uh, what, what does it do for us? It gives us kind of this jolt of joy, like you mentioned with the NPR recording, Rory, or why is it so more tangible to say than maybe we could say like April or August? And I'll, I'll start with you, Rory. Um, I mean, I think the this season is like perfectly primed to kind of inspire that joy. I mean, you know, during Advent, during the Christmas season, we are talking about the hope that Jesus brought into the world with his birth. Um, and we, uh, leading up to Christmas, we just have this this building of um, anticipation um, uh, of that birth and of that celebration. So I think, you know, this the season is 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 unique in that way because you know the hope that we have is in the redemption of Jesus and um and that resurrection that new life and i think you know just that idea that um god you know through jesus made everything new is making everything new man that is a wonderful hope. Preach. Um, That's awesome. And that hope can really just, you know, in the darkest of times, really um, give us the light and of, of joy. That's well said. Rory, or, Rory. I knew I'd do it eventually. Lori is your name, not Rory. Lori, do you add to that? Yeah. <laughs> One of us know. will respond. Yeah. You never Rory, Rory, will you start with this question and, and then I'll just walk yeah, off? Everyone will follow. Yeah. Um, no, I think that was very well said. I, I, um, I just, I think that uh, all of the attention, like Rory is talking about, uh, you know, we're drawn into it, and that even environmentals, you know, the things around us support that. There's mm-hmm. the beautiful Christmas lights and the sweet smell of baked treats and the candles and the Publix commercials and, you know, all of the things are, get our, am I right? Somebody, come on now. Um, all of these things draw us to these 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 things that we think about through Advent, hope and joy and love and peace. And so it's very easy for us to focus on those things, easier than maybe the sweat and suntan lotion smells of August, right? right? Um, So I think it's just really supported by, uh, it it becomes a more community-wide thing, and not just in this community, but TV and just all around us. And so it keeps us a little more focused. And I think the interesting thing is if we would use that thought process in August and say, okay, well, so I don't see Christmas lights, but where do I see something that brings me joy? 
am I intentionally looking for something in May or right. in January, the one of the bleakest of all of the months, right? Even in Tallahassee. Um, what can I look for beyond Christmas lights and, and Christmas cookies? Um, where can I still see the things that remind me of hope and peace and love and joy? Absolutely. I think that's, and I think that's displayed in the church year where we have those baptism Sundays. Man, there's nothing better than a baptism Sunday. Amen? Best day ever. Yeah, yeah. And, and we see them go down, the water come up, and you just have this joy, peace, hope, love. It's a story of Christ fulfilled through Christmas that we see in a May, August, February 29th. Sometimes, sometimes, sometimes. very rarely. What uh, we see also, though, in the Christmas story is this cognitive dissonance that I, that I expect to see when I leave this door. I expect to see the, the, the deck, and then I expect to see the parking lot and hopefully my car. And if you ever have that moment of shock where something doesn't add up to what your brain anticipates, you have this moment of dissonance. And if your car gets stolen, for example, you're, you're, you're in cognitive dissonance. I'm in panic mode saying, what do I do next? How do I take care of myself? How do I get to lunch? There's all these moments, and we see that in the Christmas story. Here this, this baby is born, Jesus Christ, and immediately we see the story in Matthew follow up with an infanticide where countless babies are killed because of the Savior. And your brain, if you hear this the first time, you're saying, what, 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 what? I thought he's supposed to be the savior. He's supposed to bring peace, joy, love, hope, and it's dashed. So with that in mind, in the last couple of years, where have you seen joy, even maybe in the midst of hardship, of pain, of sorrow, of, of these cognitive dissonance moments where I see something on the TV that my brain can't fathom, and yet now maybe years later I can see some joy or even a little seedling of joy, and Ori, you may start. I'll just see how that, that plays well out. Done. I just want to see. It was well done, yeah. Um, yeah, so the, the first thing that came to my mind, um, particularly over the last couple of years, is just the sense of, um, you know, just worldwide hardship with, with COVID. And, yeah. And everyone experiencing, again, that communally. I mean, separate from each other, you know, uh, distanced from each other, but still we were all experiencing the same hardship, which is rare. Um, we usually, it's much more personal. Our, my hardship is not the same season as your hardship. And so I, I saw some joy during that time just in the, in the fact that we were all, there was an, a sense of togetherness in mm -hmm. this hard thing. Um, and then the other thing for me as a, as a leader in, in our church, um, you know, when, when we were, when we first entered the COVID season, of course, no one knew how long it was going to go. And I, I think every church leader around the world wondered, will our local church survive this season? Mm -hmm. And so to week in and week out, find new ways to experience what we have and figure out a way to get, you know, to, to do it online and then to have people come back in small groups and, and just to see the joy on people's faces. And then and at some point to just say, not only are we going to survive this season, our local church, but also I believe, ha having been here, I guess, the, the, one of the longest, um, certainly longest of, of the panel, um, that frankly, I think that we're healthier in a lot of ways than, than we ever have been, mm. at, which, is, which is surprising. Mm -hmm. But it brings me great joy to be able to say that and to see that. Yeah, I, I was thinking about this, and, um, you know, 
as I mentioned before, my tendency is kind of toward despair. And I feel like, you know, this year there have been a lot of reasons to despair. I mean, I'm thinking about, um, you know, the crazy number of shootings that we've had in this city. Amen. Um, not to mention, you know, you know, around the country um, and these places where people think that they're supposed to be safe, going to the grocery store, going to a nightclub, and those places of, you know, life and sustaining and, quite frankly, joy become a place of great pain and, and despair. Um, but after all of these tragic events, it's really heartening to see how people come together to collectively grieve um, and to care for one another. Um, you know, I know after um, the shooting in Colorado, um, a local bookstore had a vigil and people were able to come together and express grief. And so I think, you know, the amazing thing about joy is that it won't be um, thwarted. Um, hmm. People are amazingly resilient. God, I, I think, made us that way on purpose. And we have a, an incredible capacity in the face of the greatest despair and the greatest hardship to access and respond with compassion and care and at some point find joy in it. Um, and hopefully along with that joy, find opportunities to make the world better, to fix wow. these yeah. terrible um, things and make sure that they don't continue to happen. Um, and I think that's the great thing about joy is that um, I think it should inspire us to action. It should inspire us to do the next right thing, the right thing that's in front of us. And I think, I think that's what, you know, makes it so powerful. I mean, yes, it's a good, a good practice and it's good to adjust, um, you know, the direction of our heart, but also I think this joy inspires us to do better and to be better and to make our world better for other people. Man, hot take. YouTube cut that out and post it somewhere. <laughs> what, and I'll seriously like to go a little bit deeper into that, mm -hmm. uh, Rory. Can you experience joy in isolation then? Complete isolation? Um, I think you, I, I think it's harder. Yeah. But I think it's, it's possible. I mean, I think we are communal people. Like we're supposed to be around others. But, you know, I think... God is in the business of, you know, you know, making lemonade out of lemons. It's like God will work with what God has. And so if we are in isolation, I think God will find a way um, to work within our life to act to activate that joy if we are willing. Right. Um, you know, if we are um, taking advantage of those opportunities when we can find joy, I God, I mean, God can do it. God will work through it. Um, you know, I, I try in my own life. I am, I am not isolated, but I don't see a ton of people. Um, but I try to, like, really think about those things um, that bring me joy every day. I try to do something that, you know, sparks joy in my heart um, 
whether it's like, instead of like doing whatever chore I have to do, sitting down and watching an episode of The Great British Bake Off Ooh. with my cats, or particularly in this season. No, no, yes, don't say I'm, it. No, I'm going to bring it up. Um, I am a Grinch. Like, I have a cold, dead heart. But the thing that sparks joy during this season is a Hallmark Channel Christmas movie. I love them so, like, I unapologetically, unabashedly, unironically love these movies. Like, I really, like, nothing can thaw this cold, dead heart like a Hallmark <laughs> Channel Christmas movie. And so, like... Christmas on Mistletoe Creek. Exactly. That's probably <laughs> that's, literally I, I'm pretty sure that an is actual, actual movie. title. Like um, I need and a then, barf this, bag, please, on stage. That. <laughs> and at this point, like, I don't even need to watch the whole movie. Like, because I just... Because they're all the same. They are literally all the same. <laughs> but, like, it's not the story. Like, I know... Like, I could literally tell you the story within the first two seconds of, like, <laughs> watching the movie. So it's it's not about the story, but it's just something about, like, a simple, like, heartwarming, ridiculous, cheesy rom-com that, like, really lightens all the burdens on my heart. And so, you know, in those moments when I'm like, do I do this, like, task that's, like, drudgery or do I just take a moment for myself and have a little bit of joy and watch 10 minutes of this ridiculous movie I try to choose maybe not all the time because you still have to get things done but I try to choose that thing that's going to spark joy in my heart at least once a day because you know it is a choice you know Absolutely. we can choose to give into the despair of the world or we can try to do those things that bring us joy and do things that will bring joy and hope to other people. And so you just have to, you know, if you're isolated, um, technology is amazing. Like we can reach out to people. We can check in on people. We can call, we can FaceTime, we can Zoom, we can do all those things. We can write, we can go old school, um, go analog and write letters. To, like we have so many opportunities even when we're isolated. And I think COVID showed us that. Even when we're separated, we have opportunities to um, cultivate that joy within ourselves, but also to bring that joy to other people. Amen. That's well said. Yeah, I, I love that. I, I think um, that's what I was thinking about, too, that it, it is a practice and it mm -hmm. is a choice. Mm -hmm. It's I, the quote that I had heard that uh, is that joy is an inside job. Mm -hmm. And so you have to figure out how to experience that yourself. And, and I, like we have said throughout the conversation of how all of the, the focuses of Advent, all of the weeks of Advent are all connected, hope, joy, peace, and they all flow through love. And so finding the ways that, that um, we can focus on joy does spill out. It does spill out into the people around us, yeah. whoever it is, our family, our friends, our coworkers. Mm -hmm. And I think those are the small, small ways that we do get to have an impact and in a positive way. And when you were talking, it reminded me of, a, of a, an African proverb that I, that I read this week that says, when you pray, move your feet. Mm. I love that because it's not just enough to think on it, to pray on it, but what can you do? What are you supposed to do with it or for it or about it? And so that's what I was thinking about when you said that, that some tangible, mm -hmm. tangible ways. And one of them, one of the, the simplest ones is to 
not add to the negative noise right. by right. reframing and resetting ourselves so that we can so that we can speak some love and some life into mm. um, our, our corner of the world and hope that it permeates throughout. You know, That's good. And I, I want to frame it a little bit. I'm also completely off script in case you all are paying attention. I want to reframe this a little bit because what we want to be careful on is we're not pursuing happiness, right. which is our right. country's motto, but we're seeing God's role in pursuing joy. And, and though I can see the Hallmark movie bringing the salvation of a particular person, potentially, it's there. I'm not saying no. I'm also saying there's some ways in which we have to communally do that. So as I'm hearing you correctly, you can be an introvert and still experience joy in your by yourself with your cats and movie or, or whatever it is. Or harassing yes. her about the movies. Absolutely. <laughs> that but in all, joy. In, in all seriousness, there's, there's a, an aspect where we see the diversity of humanity in this room and the diversity of all humanity, that the joy is a very subjective moment that I can feel joy very differently. But then there's this objectivity that God bringing joy in our lives and seeing someone transformed more into the person of Jesus can happen better here than in any other aspect of your life, right? Amen, church? Yes. Okay. They're, they're all saying like, what am I supposed to say? Amen is the answer. So how, how can church... Amen is the answer. There we are. There we are. How can we, just as Christians, embrace diversity as, as kind of an idea of, of seeing joy in other people's lives, the kids on stage in my own individual life as, as an individual? How can we see joy unfold better in this community than we can just maybe shopping or watching a Hallmark movie? How, can, so how do we experience joy better here in this yeah. community? Um, I, I think that it points to what you're saying is that what us understanding what joy is, that it's yeah. not happiness and it's not satisfaction in our circumstances. It's not when, you know, things are up and to the right. Joy is a permanent, uh, avail something that's permanently available to Absolutely. us because of what joy actually is. And um, so how do we do that? How do we experience that here or or facilitate that um and it's through just being very intentional in our with our words with our mm. actions with our connections with um it's it's being i think it's being more present mm. and available even to just i mean we talk about this at our team our team rally meetings on sunday mornings to look for people see them a lot of people who come here they just some of you just want to be seen you just want to be acknowledged that you're here because in other areas of your life, maybe that isn't happening. And so, my goodness, if the church can't do, uh, can't do that, who can? Absolutely. So I think that it's being aware and being present and being to whatever degree is possible, being outside of ourselves despite whatever we're dealing with and, and focusing on um, or whatever is burdening us. And so... Um, as a community, I think we hold each other accountable in doing that, hmm. maybe. That's, that's well said. I like the idea of keeping each other accountable. Where, where are you being joy in others' lives? How can you grow in your joy to others? How is your testimony unfolding in bringing joy out in your own individual life? Hmm. Rory, do you want to add to that? Um, I mean, I've said this probably a hundred times over. So say, say it 101. I will, um, through the years on different panels. But, you know, the church is... Our job is 
people. Um, and I think, you know, it should be that within the church, we are taking care to, you know, kind of like Lori said, notice people and pay special attention to people and give people special care. Um, and I think, you know, I think that that's how we have the biggest impact um, Amen. as a community of faith. Um, I think, you know, the world in general is very fast-paced, very individualized, very focused on self. And I think we have a unique opportunity here to certainly work on our own junk, but also um, work on our junk through caring for other people um, and through sharing our lives with other people um, and through meeting other people's needs, serving other people. Um, I think that's a way that we kind of like you were saying, Lori, give our joy feet. Um, we, we do out of the overflow and abundance of joy that we have um, and that we have been given and that we have worked on and cultivated in our hearts. And I think, you know, if if the church isn't at the forefront of making this world a better place, then I feel like we've failed. Mm. Um, you know, we've been given stewardship of the world um, and to make a positive impact. Um, and, you know, I think we need to take that seriously um, and see that as an expression of the joy that we have um, through Christ. Like, it's not just, you know, certainly learning more about Jesus, working on your relationship with him, but also, like, taking that and making the world better. Um, I think that's joy personified. I think that's an important part of our calling. Well said. So let's address, uh, I'm just gonna listen to you talk for the next two or three hours on a variety of topics that I've picked out now. Let's go. I enjoy this. I, so as long as someone goes out and gets lunch, I'm good. There we go. Let's, let's go. Run over to, uh, okay, I'm staying focused. Practically speaking, we're, we're, we're talking very large scale, very abstractly about this concept of joy. Practically speaking, for everyone in this room, and this is kind of a question I primed you for, what are some ways we can be those feet ready, you know, be walking towards joy that we know is out there? What are some ways we can be available to the sensation of joy that may be surprising us, uh, like the angel coming to, to Mary saying, surprise, you're pregnant. And then also, what are some ways that I know to, that I should learn to seek out the concept of joy that we're talking about here in my daily life? How, how can we as a congregation do that? And I'll start with Ori. This is the worst. Um, so I think part of so part of the way that I have learned to cultivate joy is um, through, you know, kind of like Lori said, paying attention, um, and but also through being grateful. Um, really developing a practice of gratitude, um, and maybe not even for like the huge things like I'm alive today, thanks Jesus, <laughs> but for like little Good. things like dude, I made it through, I made it to work without screaming at anybody in traffic. Praise Jesus. Seriously, yeah. that is a gift from the Holy Spirit. Um, it's not one that I often get. Anyhow, not the point. But I think, you know, um, practically just paying attention um, to 
our, our own corner of the world and looking for those opportunities to be grateful. Um, and I, that gratitude can um, spark joy in your life. And, you know, being grateful for the big things, certainly, but also for those little moments. Um, really quick story, very quick. Um, the other week, I was, I was, having, a, I was having a day. It was not good. Um, and I was driving home from work. I had the windows down for some reason. It's Florida and it's a thousand degrees outside. I don't know why I did not have on the AC, but I did. Um, and this guy in the car next to me was um, blasting the song. It was a Christina Aguilera song. Um, is it called Fighter? It might be. But anyhow, he was like blasting the song. And I was just like, God, I really think you just did this just for me. Mm -hmm. And so like, I'm sitting there and like the words are like, you know, the things that are hard make me that much stronger. Thanks for making me. Anyhow. So I heard it and I was just like, and so I started singing and dancing and the guy looked over and he's like, yes. And we both had a moment together of just like singing the song and dancing in the car. And I was just like, I started crying. It was ridiculous, but I was just like, God, I really needed that. Like, and I think we, because our society is so fast paced, we have a tendency to blow past those moments. But, oh no, on the rest of the way home, through the tears streaming down my face, I was like, that was so great, God, I really appreciate it. And then I went to the, like, the group text and like texted my friends. I was like, guys, this crazy thing happened to me. Um, all that to say, like, don't let those, you know, I think communally, but certainly on an individual level, don't let those moments like fly past you. Take a moment and stop and be, gra- be grateful. Um, and let that gratitude change your heart, change the shape of your heart, um, and turn you into hopefully a more joyful person. Also, listen to Christina Aguilera. <laughs> that song is amazing, and really like, just like. <laughs> Lori, what do you think? Um, I, well, I agree. I think gratitude. I I thought about gratitude, and also I was at a conference back in May, and and one of the sessions we talked about delight mm. and finding things to delight in around the world because it brings our attention and awareness again to the the way that God is everywhere mm. that he is always with us and the things that he has created and the things that he is not only has done but is uh, is still doing is currently doing and so being aware of those things and noticing them being intentional about noticing them and and delighting in which is mm. i think what you're saying mm. Don't pass those things by. Don't treat them as trivial or, or insignificant. It, notice them. Take a pause and notice them and carry them. And then, and then, you know, journaling gratitudes at the end of the day. If, because it can, it does. It reframes. It's, it resets you. Mm. Um, it's all part of the choosing, and it's all uh, choosing joy, and it's all part of the practicing. Like you said, the exercising of, of the muscle. It's, it's. The way that we um, are just very intentional about doing that, staying focused and aware, and that changes how we um, have experience joy, and then again, hopefully, that then flows from us to all those people around us. Mm. So, um, but yeah, that's that's what I thought of about that. That's awesome. That's awesome. What I can say is is that there is joy happening at Element Three in a variety of facets. Yesterday. It was a joyous to watch a ton of you sitting here volunteer at moving the Surf Tallahassee Pantry mm. from one building to another, like crossing the, the Jordan River of, of moving refrigerators that are three times the size of everyone 
appreciative of Pastor Mike for uh, doing a lot of the refrigerator moving specifically, but just the leadership of seeing doubling the size that we can help serve our community in very profound ways. And so if you're interested in helping with that or ways in which you can help donate to that, uh, definitely talk to Pastor Mike after the service and just want to do a shameless plug to close us. I don't know, I'm, I'm awesome at that. What we want to say is thanks for the joy of talking about joy to these fine Ori's uh, to my right. And want to just give them a round of applause as we close this time together. With that, go out, look for joy, be joy, and grow in your joy in profound and small ways as we dis- dis- be dismissed from the service. And love to see you back next week as we talk about love. Be blessed. Have a great week.